0: Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences.
1: Well, good morning, Mary. Good morning, Jillian. I'm excited about this particular podcast. episode. Yeah, me too. Because I feel like last week when we left off with the inner critic, it was one of those ones that was like, ugh. I know. And today it's going to be good. Yeah. Because we kind of go, this is the upside. Right.
0: Well, it's the upside in that we're getting
1: clarity. Clarity is always a good thing.
0: Yeah. And, And this is just a starting point for people because this whole journey of recognizing our inner critic and kind of putting that inner critic to death. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so harsh, but it's true. Um, is going to be an ongoing journey. So this is just a um, way of framing it that can give you some insight. Perfect. Uh, in how the inner critic can show up because learning how to recognize it
1: does take practice. Yeah. And I did um, I did make an effort to listen to my inner critic. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't like her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, because she needs to be kicked to the she curb. She can go out
1: the door right That's now. That's right. And don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I
0: love that. So, um, so um, just to explain the inner critic from the Enneagram uh, framework, uh, in the Enneagram, we often talk about our ego personality. Uh, and an ego personality is sort of like the self that we'd like to believe we are, that we present to the world uh, because it's part of our image. Uh, And when we feel that ego uh, personality is uh, being threatened, uh, we can kind of go into some defensive type of moves. Okay. So the inner critic is a a structure within that ego personality that judges us uh, to try to keep us on track with that continuing projection of that image that we want to have. And I contrast ego personality with our true self. Um, and it's not like the ego personality doesn't have aspects of a lot of who we are. It's just that it comes from a place more of uh, self-protection and image management and all those kinds of things. That, yeah. that So that's why that part of us is judging. And unfortunately, not only does it judge us, but it also judges others. And it tends to shame us, blame us. Uh, make us feel bad about ourselves. So, to kind of move beyond that, beyond the veil of our personality or ego personality, it's very important to know our inner critic. And sometimes we can notice it very obviously, just like some of the stories that we shared last week. But a lot of times it's really subtle and yes. it just becomes this this monotonous constant voice that drones on in the back of our brains and we don't really notice it and it becomes just so part of who we Think we are right, um, but you know, part of the health of what we learn through the Enneagram is paying attention to not just what's going on in our head, but in our heart, but also in our bodies. And our bodies will often tell us uh, in where it carries its tension, uh, and our emotions can also tell us when the inner critic is uh, at work.
1: Yeah, and my inner critic, she's alive and well and amped up on caffeine at like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> That's not No, helpful. she, like, yes. it's, it's brutal. Yeah. And of course, where do you go with it? Right. With your inner critic exactly. when it's three o'clock in the morning? That's right. It, it kind of, um,
0: we're in this loop. Yes. And so part of becoming aware of the way our particular inner critic likes to work allows us to be aware of our ego defense behaviors. Okay. So the inner critic is the part of us that keeps pushing us to try, keep try harder. And the more you try and you're kind of in this mode of trying, it becomes very performative, and it, it you lose presence. And in that, you
1: you don't show up as the full, true self. Okay. Okay, so let's run All through right. it, and we'll kind of flip back and yeah, forth. Yeah, because we've got a lot to cover here. Yeah, so, so you start. So we're going to start with the type one mm-hmm. on the Enneagram. Yeah. Um, this is often called the perfectionist, mm-hmm. right? Uh, They typically experienced a very, very powerful inner critic. Mm, Yes. It's like the inner critic is the voice of God in their ear. Mm -hmm. Ones are wanting most to be good and to have integrity. And the inner critic is driving them as a one to just stay with integrity and do what's right and to be beyond reproach. Wow, that is Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. The inner critic of the one tends to micromanage. And what is most probably scary for the one and what the inner critic suppresses in the one, it feels like any kind of their subjective impulses might lead them astray. Wow. Like all the parts of what makes them human. Yeah. Yeah. What an impossible standard. Yeah. Uh, They have to be hyper Mm. self-controlled. The inner critic is the micromanager of that self-control. Right. So how can you ever relax and move into self acceptance. Well, you can't. And I I see that uh, some of the friends that I have that are ones. It's like their body is always holding all the tension all the time. Mm-hmm. Like waiting for the shoe to drop. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so we want freedom for our ones for yeah. sure. That's right. Type 2, which is my friend Mary. Yes, yeah, so I guess And so many other of my friends, really.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah. So let me share about type two, because I love this one out. Um, So my inner critic is more about managing how connected I am to other people. So she's always telling me or asking me, how you manage it in the most loving way? Is this the most helpful way? And so I begin to feel responsible to alleviate the sufferings of others. So I'm sensitive to it. I pick up on it. So somehow it's my job or at the very least, if I can't alleviate the suffering, I should at least not cause any suffering to them. And if I see them in pain, then somehow I wasn't successful in it. I wasn't loving enough or worse. This is the lie I hear all the time. I was being selfish. Oh. So if someone's backing away from me right away, it's because I didn't try hard enough. I oh wasn't boy. loving enough. And I start to worry about whether I'm managing the people I really care about, whether I've given enough. And this is always the sense of not quite enough. Um Somehow it's my fault and I have to fix it. Oh. So the, unfortunately, the shadow part of that is that I end up sometimes uh, becoming over-responsible. And I also, like, push people and I put thrust myself where I'm not wanted because somehow I think I have to figure out and solve their pain. Yeah, Oh, I've seen it happen. (laughs) Yes, you have. So anyway, moving on to type three. (laughs) Type
1: three as she moves on very quickly. Yes. So type three is often considered the uh, competitive achiever. Mm. Um, The inner critic is driving them to find value in what they do and how they appear to others. Mm -hmm. Uh, So being seen as successful and admirable, Mm. the inner critic is pushing them as the three to do, do, do. Harder, higher, you know. Better. Whatever, better. Yeah. To try harder, to be admirable, to be outstanding, Mm -hmm. to achieve, to develop myself to the best that I can be and to try hard so that I don't fail. Right. Wow. Yeah. That is push, push, push. Mm -hmm. Failure for a three is a major super ego inner critic attack around any kind of sense of failure. Mm -hmm. The three becomes what we call a human doing Instead of a human being, right? Just striving to achieve and to be successful, right? And unfortunately, we see a lot of this in pro sports, mm-hmm. and you can imagine what that does to an athlete when they're always holding themselves to this impossible standard, right? And just driving themselves, driving right. themselves, driving themselves. You
0: know, and when I talk to a three, they they feel like um, there's this expectation placed on them because they are typically highly competent, they are capable, bright, and all that. They feel like there's this expectation to do more and be more, uh, and so like there's this is inner drive that this never lets them relax.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they're usually in positions where they are rewarded for their achievements. Exactly.
0: So it then it just reinforces it that just same reinforces old it. inner critic uh, behavior. Yeah.
1: Now. So type four,
0: um, their inner critic uh, crops up when they are feeling rejected. Or when they're about to do something that would expose them to judgment, so their voice, um, because fours are very heart-centered and they feel their way through life, mm-hmm. they might not be discernible as an actual thought, uh, but it's this constant wave of suffering and pain that they feel in their heart center, with the sense of you're uns- you're insignificant, um, or you're ordinary. There's there's nothing unique. About you or your capacity. Oh, that makes so, me so sad. Ah, uh, and 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 they sit with this sense of being a fraud and being inadequate, which then leads to these strong feelings of self-rejection, that there's nothing worthwhile about them, and they end up being engulfed in feelings of sorrow and melancholy that are hard to, to shake off. And because they it is rooted in the sense that they're being rejected by others, they will often withdraw. So the very thing that they need, which is right. connection to others, is a thing that they'll withhold from themselves, which reinforces Force is the inner critic's message that you're insignificant, that people don't love you?
1: Oh, I know. It's so hard to hear these things. I know it is because we all have, like, uh, you and I know force. Yeah. And they're so beautiful and creative and artistic and uh, full of expression. To feel that that's being robbed of them by yeah. this inner critic just makes me mad. Right.
0: And it's such a familiar voice to yes. fours. And I would say to the fours, like, oh, like please do this work
1: so that the world be- gets to be the recipient of the beauty that you offer. Exactly. Yeah. I would say that, too. Yeah. So type five... Um, their inner critic is around having expertise on whatever their focus is. Mm. Uh, It's driving them with a feeling like you don't really know enough. You're not really prepared enough. You need to do some more research. Before you speak up, you better be sure of yourself and you've got all the capacity and all the knowledge that you say you have. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're terrified of being found out for not knowing something. Right. And how could you hold yourself to that standard? I know, I know. Especially in this day and age, the world changes so rapidly. What we knew yesterday is obsolete. Well, the stress to stay on top of all that. Yeah. It's constant. So there's a sense of no matter how much knowledge they acquire as a five, they feel like it's always a little bit vulnerable and shaky. And at any moment, someone could pull the rug out from them, Yeah, that they'll be found out. Yeah, If they're seen as not smart and knowledgeable, then their sense of feeling safe in the world will disappear.
0: And that and, makes me oh, sad too. It makes me very, very the sad. The wisdom that they have to offer this world, um, if they don't offer it because of a feeling like they don't know enough, again, a gift that the world is missing out on.
1: And, you know, I've said this before, but when I coach fives, we don't even, we don't even really talk about the Enneagram because they know more about it than I do. Yes. (laughs) Like, so why bother? (laughs) I know. Um, Because, you know, so we come at it from a different angle. Mm -hmm. But I always worry that there are fives sitting out there at boardroom tables and in corporate settings and at, you know, and they're never called upon to tell us what they know because they're sitting quietly Mm -hmm. beating themselves up. Right. Right. That makes uh, me sad. Yes, exactly.
0: All right. So type six, uh, well, the inner critic for them tends not to operate as a single voice, but kind of like an inner
1: committee. Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah. It's like their inner critic is driving them to be responsible and to do what's expected of them and not let anything fall through the cracks. It's like they have to be prepared for anything that could happen. So they've got these, this, this, choir of voices in their life that feels like they're expecting all sorts of different things. And this inner critic is like a driver cracking the whip to drive them towards living up to these expectations. So they've got, because their gift is noticing things that need uh, correction or repair or a solution, they feel like it's up to them to be responsible for them. And somehow, because there's always things that need fixing, always problems that need solutions, they end up driving themselves. Uh, uh, you know,
1: like crazy with the thoughts and the, the the anxiety around that. It's so hard because I know a number of sixes and one of my sixes once told me that um, before he arrives, and this is pre-pandemic, before he arrived at the office in the morning, he was exhausted mm. by his own thoughts mm-hmm. that were tr- problem-solving and trying to fix everything and keep it all even, Stephen. Anticipate Steven. everything. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, so type seven. So type seven, the ego personality is looking for a sense of joy, a sense of satisfaction, and a sense of ful- fulfillment. The inner critic is delivering the marching orders. You need to go after that. Yes. There's this idea that it's out there somewhere and that they need to go after the finding finding things that are going to make them happy, satisfied, and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. There's something just beyond, right, right. that I need to go after. Keep searching, yeah. And so the inner critic for the seven is really driving them to the point of exhaustion, to keep moving. Mm -hmm. There's a sense that they're going to miss out on something, a lot of FOMO there, Mm -hmm. um, or something if they don't keep searching, moving, and experiencing new things and acquiring new things. Right. Somehow the fulfillment is going to come from out there somewhere, as opposed to simply coming from within. Right. So it's always an external thing, driver. Right. And the inner critic is the driver behind that.
0: Right. And the thing is, it's not that it's wrong to want to experience joy, satisfaction, fulfillment, but it's the thinking that it's always something else, something new, something better, rather than this contentment and this settlement within themselves.
1: You know, for the sevens, what I see sometimes is that we're in the middle of something fantastic Mm -hmm. and they can't sit and enjoy it because they're thinking that there's something just beyond that. Right. Right. That's going to be better and bigger and fancier and lovelier and more joy-filled. Exactly. So they can't be actually present in the moment. Yes. Yes, I would agree. Oh.
0: Yes. So type eight, let's have you do it. (laughs) Oh, the eight. Over there, my friend, the eight.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the inner critic um, for the eight drives us to come across as strong. Mm-hmm. As being in charge yep. um, of being someone who works really hard and with a certain kind of intensity. Yeah. Which like, is your strength. Yeah. But there's a drivenness sometimes behind there it. There is a drivenness. And it's all up to me to make that happen. Yeah. Um, it's us against the world. Yeah. Like, so on a team, the eight can be over-functioning, over-responsibility for an entire team. Yeah. 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 Um, and if they're not feeling the sense of pushing up against the barriers, then they have a sense of okay, feeling wait. like we're weak. Flip it to we. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> She's distancing I, people. I know. Um, so I feel weak mm. if I'm not always pushing the barriers and feeling some resistance. Yeah. Um, that I can't relax. Right. Uh, and that I'm going to be taken advantage of. That's a huge one. Yes. I'm going to be manipulated some way. Yeah. I'm going to be taken advantage of. Yeah. And that the world is just going to sweep over me. Yeah. So for me, buying a car
0: mm-hmm.
1: pushes every single button that I have. Because <laughs> I feel like yes. I'm going to be taken advantage of. Yes. I'm going to be played. Yep. I'm going to be uh, manipulated mm-hmm. into something I don't want or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so we push through our exhaustion. Yeah. And I do. Yeah. I mean, I've seen you do that. I, I feel like I have no limits mm-hmm. most of the time. Right. Well, clearly I do. Yes. You're human. <laughs> and in so doing, I can bring harm on myself and I can also harm others around me. Right.
0: Because you have an energy and a drive that's beautiful, but not everyone can keep up with you. No, nor should they. And sometimes you want to just kind of get going and can kind of, as a result, rush people maybe through that process. Oh, of course.
1: Yeah, Yeah, of course.
0: Okay, so finally the type nine. Um, So the inner critic in the nine uh, is uh, pushing the nine to keep things calm
1: and to keep things smooth. Let me interject. Yes. I'm the eight. Yeah. My husband is the nine. Right. Can you see the drama that's unfolding before you? Oh, (laughs) yes.
0: And that's why we have such
1: wonderful stories from you.
0: (laughs) Yes. So here you go. The type eight is causing things to not be calm (laughs) and the nine is working hard to keep things calm. So the challenge for the nine is their inner critic isn't just driving them to keep themselves calm, but to make sure everybody else around them is also okay. So their inner critic won't allow because nines actually sit in the body center, which is anger. They don't allow their instinctive energy of anger to actually arise. So they'll tend to get into this sort of go along to get along and they'll repress their anger. Mm -hmm. And even when they feel strongly about another person in their life, uh, the nine will cope just sometimes, often by disengaging completely. I don't wanna have anything to do with that person. I'll just disengage from that relationship. Um, and it can look like they're pleasant on the outside, but they're just not present. And that's yeah. how they're coping with it. So the inner critic is driving them to do that. And unfortunately, we lose the gift of the beauty of the nine, like their presence. Uh, you know, one of our closest friends is a nine, and I talk about her being like this warm bath that I sink into. Yeah. Well, if she's not present, that's right. Then the world doesn't get to experience that and the con- reconciliation that they they're so great at. Um, so that's the challenge with the inner critic. Oh, yeah. man. So I just want to kind of um, read out this list, uh, and we'll put it in our show notes. Okay. Uh, when we let our inner critics rule, we, we essentially sh- settle for a shadow version of ourselves. So yeah. listen to this. Type one, ones want goodness, but settle for order. Twos want unconditional love, but settle for niceness. Yep. Threes want worth, but settle for image. Fours want belonging, but settle for longing. Fives want competency, but settle for knowledge. Sixes want want loyalty, but settle for safety. Sevens want contentment, but settle for excitement. Eights actually want protection, but they settle for control. True. And nines want peace, but settle for calm. Yes. So your inner critic, our inner critic, drives us towards this shadow version of ourselves. And so that's why they need to be put to death. Yeah. So now
1: what? What's, wow. what's the next steps? So, important work to recognize and deal with our inner critic. Right. It's really important because uh, when we can deal with the inner critic, we bring ourselves um, a more settledness in ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we're kinder to ourselves and we're kinder to others, probably as a result, too. Yeah. When we're caught up in the inner critic's commands, we're usually not acting from our best selves. Mm-hmm, I right? would agree. And I would agree with that too. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're usually acting a little bit counter to what is in our gifts and our capacity, and maybe even acting badly in terms of what our potential is. Yeah. So I internalize that. I mean, for me, to think I have to be strong in every situation is actually robbing me of being vulnerable.
0: Mm-hmm. and myself. That's right. right. And you're also robbing the world because
1: that's beautiful. Like yeah. your true self is beautiful. and So it's always showing up as this behavior that's too much of one thing. huh. So we, you just read that list. Yeah. We're too much of one thing and we're overdoing the one thing. Right. And we're just showing up in a one-dimensional way, right. which robs ourselves and others of who we really are. Right.
0: And the Enneagram <clears throat> language is that there's a lack of integration. Yeah. So we're doing too much of one thing. Yeah, and we're not fully integrating it, and also there is this this is there's a disconnect between our true selves and then our shadow selves. You know, and it,
1: it takes over. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so it's um you know working in recognizing our inner critic is 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 not just listening to the podcast and going oh well that was good make a little note and moving on with my life. It's actually developing the real time awareness. Uh, to catch when your inner critics at work, um, and being able to 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 in a given day track that. So my therapeutic uh, um, guidance for this is to recognize, begin as you listen to this podcast. Where does your inner critic tend to show up? What are the themes? Um, and and start to pay attention to it. Now, if you're not if you're new in this journey, don't worry about the real time attention to your inner critic. But I would suggest that on a daily basis, you do a little reflection at the end of every day Mm -hmm. and kind of say, where did my inner critic show up? Um, You know, in what behaviors came out? What were the feelings that were part of that? And so if you can identify that, that will really help you uh, begin to get a handle on it so that as it becomes familiar, and by the way, the inner critic only has the same few messages. Once you can identify it, you're then able to more real time go, oh, there she is again. Oh, Yep. Let,
1: and let's change gears. I think we should give her a name that we don't like. I like that idea. Okay. Like, I'm trying to think of a name I don't like. Well. I don't want to offend anyone.
0: No, well, it doesn't have to be a name of a person. How about a name of a thing? Okay.
1: Whoa. Okay, I can't go there. I can't, I go can't there. come up with it at this point. Me either.
0: Point. But I think that's a good idea. Because what you're doing then is you're kind of um, objectifying that part of yourself. It's not. A part of who you are right? so that you can get a handle on it. And then you can kind of, even with humor. Can I'm going
1: to call her yucky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the yuckster. Yeah. <laughs> so when the yuckster shows up. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> there's just some idea. So what would you add to that?
1: Well, first of all, I would say that, um, even if you don't know your Enneagram number, uh, having listened to this and maybe you're going to need to stop and listen to it again, mm-hmm. just kind of, okay. Um, do I want, um, do I want goodness in my life, but I settle for order? Mm-hmm. You know, does my house have to be perfect? Does mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. work have to, you know, be perfect? Like, find yourself in the numbers. Right. And then ask yourself the question, oh, yeah, I do want, I'm going to use myself, I do want protection. I right. want someone to have my back. Right. Right. How am I experiencing that as extending control? Mm-hmm. Because that will free us from, like, I will be able to give some grace and compassion to yuckster yeah. in my life when I know she's just trying to bring protection into my life mm. where I'm not experiencing Oh, it. I love that. That's compassionate.
0: So I think I I I would add to that that... Don't look at your inner critic as someone just to kick to the curb just because. Uh, recognize that, as we said uh, last week, that it she she played a function. Yeah. Um, but like, have some
1: compassion for her, but still kick her to the curb. Exactly. Yeah. So I would say I would suggest, and that. also
0: if I can say, she's meeting some needs in you. So if of you can address the needs and and
1: pursue it in a healthier way, I think that would be great. I totally agree. Awesome. So I would say that would be the life coaching tip because it's a deep one. Yeah. And it's not an easy one. Yeah. But again, we have to go through these tunnels mm-hmm. to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. And this inner critic tunnel, remember, inner critic's been with you for as long as you've been living probably. Yeah. So um, doing the work is going to help you move forward yeah. for sure. I agree.
0: Ah. Oh. Awesome. Thanks for listening in. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.